I'm Dean Jackson. He's Joe Polish. And this is the I Love Marketing Podcast. Jackson and Joe Polish. How's everyone doing? But more specifically, <laughs> how are you to. doing? The, the one individual listener, because we only have one person that listens to the I Love Marketing podcast, and so we're talking to you. I think we probably have two because I've listened. <laughs> I think we have like two hundred thousand or something at this point because <laughs> you know it's getting really, really big. So we want to thank everyone that is listening and supporting us and. Uh, you know, posting positive comments and, you know, because uh, someone would literally, I honestly think would have to be brain dead to not uh, listen to what it is we're sharing on these podcasts and not be able to, you know, convert it into some sort of money. I mean, the only people that would could possibly be unhappy with the advice we're giving on I Love Marketing are people that simply are not going to do anything. Or they just have an aversion to marketing for some bizarre reason like missing, you know, the ability to think or I, I don't know what it could be. But we are here and we are ready to go. So, Dean... Um, you know, I just got back from a week-long trip at uh, Necker Island. It was my third trip to Richard Branson's private island. Uh, I am still currently the largest fundraiser, individual fundraiser in the world for his foundation, Virgin Unite. And I brought up a whole bunch of cool people there. And I will have to give a big shout-out to Yannick Silver, who uh, me and him did this trip together. And uh, we sat down and uh, did an interview with Richard on business and um you know, talked a lot about marketing and business building and, you know, various things. And uh, I included Yannick Silver and Marie Folio with me on that interview. So it's the three of us asking Richard some questions. And we're going to post some of the videos that I shot at Necker Island on the ilovemarketing.com website. So those of you that are on iTunes and uh, and listen to uh, this podcast, we recommend you actually go to the site because, well, why should they go there, Dean? I mean, you know, we're going to have, you know, we already have videos up there. Yeah, you know, we'll... that's the thing. It's so, I, I love iTunes. It's so easy to just download right to your, right to your iPhone or your iPod to listen on the go. Um, but when you go to ilovemarketing.com, there's all kinds of cool stuff there that don't make it onto the, uh, onto the podcast. So we've got a couple of, all these last few episodes we've been talking about converting leads, and I put up two videos about lead conversion. One of our uh, one of our episodes we talked about the conversion matrix, where we talked about prospects that are now and prospects that are later, and prospects who are going to buy and prospects who are not going to buy. And we talked about putting all of your, uh, you know, the winning move is to put most of your chips on the quadrant that is prospects who are going to buy later. That's the one that is the surest moneymaker. So I I said I would put up a picture of that graphic, but I went one step beyond that. I put up a, a couple of videos where I talk all about that whole concept and go a little bit deeper in it. So that's on the website right now at ilovemarketing.com. Plus, a lot of times, uh, people don't realize we have the transcripts of every episode. So you can get a word-for-word transcript. It's about 28 or 30 pages every week of every word that we say on the I Love Marketing podcast. So if you want to, instead of taking notes, you can get the word-for-word and highlight your notes. Yeah, so I mean, lots of good stuff. So if you're listening on iTunes, head on over to ilovemarketing.com and get all that cool stuff. Yeah, exactly. And if they're highlighting the uh, transcripts, I wonder if they're highlighting more of me or you. That'd be very interesting. <laughs> okay, so one thing I want to share, like we we're, we're doing the last episode, we we're talking about, uh, you know, basically like yellow. What, what did you call it? Yellow page uh, roulette. Yellow Pages Roulette. J.R. called it Yellow Pages Roulette, actually. Yeah, where Dean just, you know, he picked up a phone book that he had just gotten delivered to him, and we, you know, picked a random, uh, you know, company and just started talking about that industry, that business. 
Yeah, I've got it right here, and I want to do that again. Um, but I want to hear about the uh, your best insights from your trip to Necker. Okay, well, you know, the best insights that I got are that whenever, I mean, this may not sound like, you know, specific business strategy, but the people that came on this trip, they all paid $40,000 a person, and that money goes to cover the island and, uh, you know, cover basically putting the thing on. It's not a, it's not an inexpensive, uh, island to rent. We rent the entire island, and we're there with, uh, you know, 20 something attendees and then our staff and a couple of, you know, people to shoot video and, and assist. And so we have the entire island, and uh, you know it's that we had it for a week this time. And Richard was with us uh, pretty much every day, you know, lunch and dinner most days, including uh, three private brainstorm sessions that we had, and um, you know, going out on boats and various things like that. And um, and it was it was kind of interesting too because Richard had uh, you know a couple months ago gotten a skiing accident and hurt his leg, so he was uh, sort of uh, you know kind of hobbling around at times but he still swam uh every day and i even brought um a guy um who was a former you know lance armstrong's former uh, chiropractor who was on all the tours with him uh jeff uh spencer uh, on the trip and he actually you know was there to assist richard and any of the attendees so it was really cool and one of the biggest insights was you know people think spending $40,000 is a lot of money, and it is. It certainly is a lot of money, and most people, you know, would have um, a lot of, uh, even if they, they're very wealthy, that's not something that you, you know, just don't think about. It's 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 an expense. But every single person um, that completely removed themselves from their day-to-day business and went to this island and hung out, the bonding was absolutely incredible the the sharing was absolutely incredible and because people make that investment in themselves they really got a lot out of it i mean everyone uh, on the trip was ecstatic i mean every single person was ecstatic uh 70% of i mean which is not a you know ton of people we're talking 20 some people but at least um 16 to 17 of the people said you know, I want to do this next year again. I mean, we already got the trip, you know, pretty much 70% sold if we decide to do another trip to Necker um, or do it to another location. And so one of the biggest insights I got is just how valuable it is to remove yourself from your business and do something completely out of the, you know, your normal day-to-day and how important it is to go and hang out with other entrepreneurs and talk about business, especially with people that will put their own money on the line. Because there's this lovely saying, which is, if uh, people don't pay, they don't pay attention. And that's one of the challenges, even with me and you giving out all of the uh, advice that we um you know, give on the I Love Marketing podcast. There's been uh, several comments and a lot of people that listen to this podcast tell me that the advice that you and Dean um, are giving on this podcast is better than most marketing programs and seminars that we've ever paid for. And that's exactly what me, me and you said before we even started this. We said, you know, let's share things that are better than what most people that are quote-unquote marketing gurus charge people money for. And that's what we've done. And so there's always a danger in that, though, is if people don't pay for it, you know, they don't like, well, should I do something? And then they kind of slip into, you know, uh, listening for entertainment value, which is fine, but we'd also like people to, to, to take action. And there's been a couple of comments from uh, people, predominantly everyone that, that, and we've been reading them, you know, in the beginning of our podcast here, we, we, we read the stuff and we respond and I thank people and I do all that and I want to do that as, as much as, as I can, although both of us are, are, are really busy people uh we you know we really care about what people's feedback are and it's it's interesting that whenever there's negative comments uh there're never comments there'll be things like well why don't you guys get a better mic or you know you could have said what you said in 30 minutes instead of an hour instead of saying hey I actually took the strategy you talked about and I did it and I ended up making $10,000 off something that cost me you know uh $900 to implement or you know I tried this thing that cost me 5 bucks and I made a $20,000 sale you know I mean those are real critiques of of the value of this is is like actually testing and u- using the ideas not trying to critique like if you like our advice or not you know the 
test it and then tell us how much you like it. And so, it, you know, it's kind of a, a way of saying if people don't pay, they don't pay attention. And so one of the biggest insights I got out of the Necker trip was just how much value people got by because of the investment they made. It, it, it almost seems like the more commitment that people make into their own learning, uh, the more they get out of it. You know, I mean... The real education in life starts as an adult, I think. You know, I mean, it starts obviously from the day you're born. But I mean, you know, the, the school that you create for yourself, your own investment, I, I, I think is huge. And, you know, beyond that, I, I shot a bunch of videos that have, you know, marketing tips and advice, and we're going to put some of them up on I Love Marketing, so I won't talk about all that stuff here. But, uh, you know, it, it, one of the biggest things was Richard said that his life became simpler uh, the more business he, businesses he actually added to his plate. Because when he said we only had one business, he would always, you know, meddle with it more. You know, he'd go to the office more. And, uh, you know, now he delegates pretty much everything. And he said that, you know, the, the biggest growth thing for him was that uh, he would work really hard to find the very best people to run his companies, not work in his companies, because he does have that. Richard has 50,000 employees uh, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the, the 300, you know, virgin companies. Um, but he said people to actually run the company. And Richard literally does not spend a ton of time working. I mean, he was with us at lunch and dinner every day swimming. Uh, he swims an hour and a half to two hours a day. And Tim Ferriss wrote about a conversation I had with him at the last trip in his, uh, you know, Tim's book, The Four Hour Body. And uh, where, you know, I asked Richard, you know, uh, about productivity and Richard says, you know, said, you know, work out uh, is the best way to become more productive. And I asked him on video um, because I wanted to get a video for Tim Ferriss um, about that conversation that we had at the last trip. And he said, um, you know, by working out, by exercising, it makes him twice as productive. And I, you know, coming from a guy like Richard Branson, if you can think of one strategy that would make you twice as productive exercise, I think that's a good tip. So mm-hmm. there's my, there's my plug for, uh, for that. So, um, you know, just delegate and set it up so that other things run for you. So what, what does that have to do with I love marketing? Well, since me and Dean, you know, are talking about direct response marketing, and both of us believe that marketing is the ultimate leverage. Um, you can literally set up autopilot marketing systems for you that don't require, you know, a human being to do the selling for you because good mm-hmm. marketing does your selling in advance. And the ultimate leverage is, is it, as it relates to marketing, is delegate your marketing efforts to a sales letter, to a website to a system, to a mechanism, very much similar. You know, once I wrote a consumer awareness guide for carpet cleaners, um, all of a sudden the communication was written. At that point, I didn't have to go out and teach a live salesperson or someone on the phone to say that same information over and over again to prospects. We simply have them listen to a 24-hour free recorded message, watch a video, read the consumer guide. And so it, it's, it's another form of delegating your sales efforts to a system instead of a human being. And it's probably the first step that everyone should take. I mean, it's the, that's the easiest thing is to start replacing, you know, yourself from the equation first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And I uh, the first, I remember the thinking, um, and I talked about it on one of our episodes about the, the, you know, what the freedom that sending those direct response postcards offering the, the free book for first time home buyers when, you know, the contrast between, you know, making a hundred cold calls a day versus sending a thousand or fifteen hundred postcards and getting, uh, you know, a huge response, getting, a, you know, a week's worth of, of A prospects, the, the, you know, the time that that bought was just incredible. The freedom. I mean, I, I still get giddy when I think about it because I, I knew that moment that I would never have to cold call again, you know. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it is truly a beautiful feeling because it, it gives you real confidence. You now realize that, wow, I have actually figured something out. It's like it's like discovering a new method of just simplifying when things were difficult, and all of a sudden you see, wow, it it, it this is going to free me up. And I and I I think I was liberated uh, tremendously when I discovered uh, direct response marketing, where I realized yeah. the the power of words. And the thing, you know, the thing is, too, that a lot of times people look at the expense of doing a, you know, a big monthly um, spend on marketing. They look at the, they look at that as a, as a budget amount and say, you know, that's a lot of money. But the reality is if you're investing in a direct response system, all you really need to think about, all you really need to pay attention to is how long does it take me to recapture that money? Um, you know, I was talking with a uh, one of our realtor clients who was doing our getting listings program and mailing, um, you know, he's mailing 9,000 postcards. And when he started thinking about the cost of that, you know, he's doing the math on how much that would cost to do for a year. So you start mailing out, you know, 9,000 postcards times 12. That's, you know, 100,000 um, postcards or more. And you start thinking, you do that, that math and you think, man, that's a lot of, that's a lot of money. And, but the reality is you only have to mail, you only have to have the money to mail the, the first few times. Because by the time you get to the third month, which is exactly what's happened uh, with Chuck, mailed in December, um, mailed in January, mailed in February, and he's already had four listings that have sold, gotten the listings and sold them um, from the first mailing to the third mailing. So by the time um, the one closes next week, he'll have already a big return on on the investment that he's spent so far. But what's even more important is now that is an oil well versus a hamster wheel that is going to continue to self-perpetuate now. It's like you're playing with the money that this system has generated to to refund, you know, to continue. It's, it's starting to fund itself again and again. And so there's, it's amazing the leverage that you can get when you, you know, start thinking about instead of, you know, limiting yourself to a monthly budget, you start thinking about in terms of seed money. You know, how much money do you have to to get something going? And always take that money then and reinvest it, you know, in starting another another oil. Once you get something to the point where it's um, – you know, where it's running again and again and again and generating a great result, you know, it becomes the money is self-generating. I mean, you, you took your business from, from was it $2,100 a month to $12,000 a month in, in less than five months? Yeah, uh, in six months, yeah. In six months, you took your carpet cleaning business. But when you think about that, how, what was your best, what was your best, um, um, lead generator for your consumer guide. Where did you advertise it that got the best results? Uh, car, uh, well, a carpet retailer joint venture was the uh, the 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 best jobs that I got. Uh, there was a, mm-hmm. a, a company a carpet retailer in Ahwatukee, which is right out. You know, it's part of Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And uh, we used to pass them out there. I used to have them passed out at dry cleaners, but I also used to run like a Valpac type money mailer ads, where people mm-hmm. would call and request a consumer awareness guide. And I would mm-hmm. run, um, you know, the, the very best ways were running free recorded messages on uh, in the yellow pages at the time because there was no internet when I was first doing mm-hmm. this, and right. uh, ma- mailing out postcards uh, that had a free recorded message and a request uh, for a consumer awareness guide. And uh, I even ran uh, some newspaper ads. Yeah, and but the great thing is, is when you run those when you run those ads, 
you know, you start thinking about like when I was, was I was advertising the guide to Halton Hills, I ran, there was a, um, you know, a publication that was, um, um, homes and condos, I think is what the publication was called, but it was a, for a, it was a greater Toronto real estate publication. And, you know, I could run a full page in that publication was about three or $400, I think at the time. And, you know, so you start thinking that, okay, well, to do that, your mind automatically tends to think in terms of how much that's going to cost you all year, right? So I was thinking, you know, $400 a month at times 12, it's $5,000. That's the way you you start to automatically think about it. But the truth is that before the second ad came out, you know, it was a monthly publication. So before the second ad came out, I had already done a transaction from the first. I'd actually done two transactions from the first ad that uh, didn't close yet, but had already gotten them. And by the time the third publication came out, I'd already closed those. So you're paying for the advertising from the money that it's that it's already generating. You know? Yeah. It, yeah. Exactly. I mean, when I first ran a um, Oh, I shouldn't even say first because I think I was like dumb and kept listening to the advertising people. I'd run the same ad and they're like, well, the reason that your ad's not working is people haven't seen your name enough and you need to, you know, keep running it over and over again in order to get name recognition. And I used to buy into that uh, erroneous belief that, uh, you know, people need to see your name before something, you know, starts working as if, you know, Mrs. Jones is sitting there with her calendar. Yeah. You know, every time that uh, you know, you're, you're you're spending money on a on an ad. Well, you know, as soon as I see that carpet cleaner's name five more times, then I'm going to call him because then he's trustworthy. I mean, and people actually believe that nonsense, and yeah. and, and I actually believe that. But I remember uh, I ran a uh, Valpac uh, coupon, and it cost me 350 bucks to have it distributed to you know a, a zip code area of 10,000 homes uh, that were you know clients uh, in the, those areas that I wanted uh, that were nice homes. And I ended up uh, literally getting like three calls and one job, uh, and the job was like eighty bucks. <laughs> and I was like, you know, God, this sucks. It didn't even, you know, pay for the ad. And uh, then uh, when I learned uh, marketing a few months later, after you know, starting to getting a consumer awareness guide written and created and running a coupon for a request for a consumer awareness guide, I got something like 77 calls off the same area. And the only difference was was the offer, you know. And, I mean, I ended up making several thousand dollars, uh, for, you know, from the business that I got um, yeah. as a result of that. But it was, you know, same space, just like we talked about last week. You know, uh, advertising space online and on the Internet just and in, in print is like real estate. I mean, you can buy an acre lot and what you can put a you know a beat up trailer on it you can let it get grown over with weeds or you can build a beautiful home and you know put something there that's you know just makes that real estate really go up in value and i you know the way to start looking at all of your advertising is is real estate what are you going to build there and if you build a crappy ad and a crappy message and it's not compelling uh, it's not going to you know it's not going to do what putting something really nice on there and something really effective is going to do. And that's where the copy, the the copy is the equivalent of the beautiful building that you would put on an empty lot uh, when you use it for, for advertising. It's the offer, it's the words, it's the calls to action, it's the reasons why, it's the, the testimonials, it's, it's, it's all of the things that drive uh, the attention of your, uh, the ideal prospects and, you know, don't speak to the ones that aren't your, uh, your. You know, you, just like on a on on property, you want to put a fence up to keep people out that you don't want coming in. And um, I like that. Yeah, I think we could probably explore that. Let me let me do this too, Dean. Uh, the the last uh, the the last podcast we were doing, we were, we were you know talking about different different um, you know industries and stuff, and yep. I want we ran out of time, and I wanted to share something that had come the day before 
um, that particular call. Um, well, let me back up. A couple days before, we get a email sent into Gina at my office right. from a in, from a guy who's literally utilizing what it is we're sharing with uh, with everyone on I Love Marketing. And so he sends in an email to Gina that says, we started our ad campaign this morning around the 24-hour message deal. We sell wood shutters and window coverings. I designed a whole shutter program around this method, including a good consumer guide. So far, our cheap, 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 cheap black and white ad has resulted in 24 calls in just half a day. I'm running a full-color ad in the community section of the AZ Republic or um, Arizona Republic, or I have, as I have for the last three months. It runs three times a week, and in all that time, I haven't come close to that response. The color ad cost me $690 a week. The black and white uh, costs only 225 This is incredible. And this is, and, and is our only our first run. Wait until we improve. Please call me. I'd love to discuss with you over the phone. And he had sent this to, to, to Gina. Now, what I wanted to point out is that um, he was running a ad that cost $690 a week. He went to a black and white ad that cost $225, and it had resulted in 24 calls in just half a day. He ended up sending out this, literally this email, you know, halfway through the day because he was so ecstatic that he had already received 24 calls. And so Gina writes back a message uh you know, uh, Jerry, great talking with you today. I forgot to ask, and I use the email below as a testimonial based on her discussion, blah, blah, blah. So, um, and she, you know, sent him some stuff, and she had a good conversation with him. And so he writes back to her, that's not a testimonial. Here's a testimonial. I purchased the Piranha Marketing Program <laughs> about four weeks ago. I'm involved in two mastermind groups, and a couple of uh, the members uh knew how hard I worked on my marketing. They recommended Joe Polish's program to me. I took a look and I saw what the cost was. It was two to $300. Not a whole lot seen uh, as I was pissing away 50000 a year on marketing that was not giving me the return I knew it should. We've been in business for 17 years now. The first 14 years, I advertised myself into bankruptcy. I was the smartest guy I knew when it came to advertising. I knew there were smarter people. I just hadn't met them. The people who sell advertising don't know jack. They don't understand how to get noticed. It's all textbook advice. You have to advertise with us for several weeks to get noticed. Bull. It's about the offer. Bull. Again, you need to brand yourself. What? I'm not Nike or McDonald's. I'm a small business. What's this nonsense about branding yourself? I need results. I don't have money to burn and I don't have money to experiment. Okay, I'll cut to the chase here. The name of our company is Blind Devotion. We match blind people to ugly people. Just kidding. We sell blinds and shutters. Joe's first technique, the 24-hour uh, pre-recorded message is what we are trying first. I'm using this with shutters because it's the best product to have the greatest impact. We are advertising in the Arizona Republic. The ad is costing me $225 a week and it goes valley-wide. It's black and white and it just gives the consumer alert about shutters. We invite, it, we invite people to call our 24-hour pre-recorded message. I hope I'm not giving away too much here, Joe. Let me tell you the impact. This is the first day of this ad running. We've received over 40 calls. No bull, over 40 calls in one day from one small, cheap, black and white ad. We do not have to adjust, we do have to adjust some things, but we are blown away at the response. There is no offer in the ad, just an invitation to get information. It's insane. Now I want to tell you we are also running what I thought to be our best ad, one of our best ads ever. It's a four, it's a four color half page ad that shows beautiful color photos and the ad gives an offer. Our response, well let me ask you how many fingers do you have on one hand? That's right, less than five a week. Uh, for a $690 ad. Okay, do the math. You can run a $690 ad and get five calls, or you can run a $225 ad to get 40 calls in one day, and the count is still on. I'm so excited to get more involved and put more of Joe's techniques to work, and the great thing is my competitors are too damn lazy to do the work it takes to put these programs to work. I know this is a testimonial letter, so I want to say whoever reads this, good luck. <laughs> And that's, that's Jerry Levison from Blind Devotion. So, 
Here's the point. I mean, you know, it's uh, if you just break down what he said, obviously it's 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 great because this is exactly what we are teaching on I love marketing. And uh yeah. y- you know, I mean it's it's the difference between, you know, a non-threatening sort of call this 24-hour free recorded message and no phone call fear people can do it and he's running in the newspaper, you know. This is uh traditional advertising with very effective methodologies. And uh, the time difference between okay, so he sent in one ad at 1:21 p.m. or the email, and the other one at 8:18 p.m. So, um, yeah, that's the time difference was uh, about seven hours between the first uh, email and the second email. That's great. And uh, I'm going to follow up with uh, I'm going to have Gina follow up with him this week and see how much money he's made, and I'll keep people posted. That's amazing. But that's you know what that's the kind of thing that. You know, using just the simplest of of things, using you know, we talk about like the stem cells of of you know marketing strategy, using a, using a free recorded message, and using a little uh, consumer awareness guide. I mean, these are the tools, but you, you know, you don't have to um, you don't have to go completely overboard. I mean, these are simple, simple things that you could literally have, you could literally put them together pretty quickly. Um, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about these, this idea of preparing that consumer awareness guide, because a lot of times people might see that as an obstacle, you know, of how, what are we going to put in it and how do we, um, how do we put that together? And one of the easiest things is to start thinking about the kinds of questions that people are going to have about whatever it is that you offer, the the kinds of questions that they they should have about what you're uh, what you're putting together, and have somebody just interview you, um, or explain them to somebody and record that and get that transcribed. I mean, it's such a a lot of people are more comfortable talking than they are um, writing. You know, they get a block when they start thinking, well, I've got to write a consumer awareness guide. But when you, you know, if you really start thinking about it, it's, um, you know, everybody would be more than happy to answer somebody's questions, you know, if you had a conversation about them. And uh, it's a pretty easy formula for putting something like that together. Uh, totally. I mean, what you just said, everyone should really just pause here and think about this because I'm going to reiterate it. It is so critical. I mean, one of the very best ways to get copy down is to just talk it. Uh, and if you, uh, you know, Gary Halbert, one of the things that he would always say, I remember um, um, years ago he wrote a, a newsletter about, uh, you know, the Chevy um Campaign, the heartbeat of America. That was God. How right. long ago was that? You know, twenty years ago or something. Right. And he said yeah. during that year uh, they had their lowest sales. Uh, you know, in, in like decades in terms of profitability of the company, but they had won a big advertising award for the best. You know, campaign for you know today's Chevrolet, heartbeat of America. And he said, right. you know, the smart thing that they that, that if they really wanted to sell more cars is they would find the top ten salespeople. Uh, in the country that were selling Chevys, and they would go and literally ask these people, what do you do to sell cars? And you would record everything that these people are saying, and you would replicate it. You would write sales letters. You would teach the other salespeople to say what it is they say, but instead, you know, they get all these advertising awards because some ad agency comes up with some slogan that happens to win an award during their worst, you know, sales in, in, in decades. And what Gary would always say is that, Capture yourself at concert pitch, you know, record it, get it transcribed, and then, you know, get out a highlighter and just highlight everything that is powerful copy that just speaks to what your prospect needs to hear, uh, what their objections are, what their misconceptions are, what their fears are. And in very much the same way, that's how I've written probably half the copy that I've, I've come up with is I'll just talk. And what you said is have someone interview you. It's a great way. Uh, to do it, you know, just come up with a list of yeah, questions. Write down the questions and have them interview you. Yeah, yeah. And, and next time you're talking to one of your prospects, 
what just I mean most people if they just got out a yellow pad and thought what are the you know what are the five you know big big objections that you get the most what are the you know yeah. top five questions that you have you know what are people's biggest concerns uh, what do they you know hate the most about you know your industry or people in your industry you know i mean w- when i've taught my carpet cleaners it's like you know ask ask your prospects what do they hate about service businesses is it that they give them these large windows of time that they show up and people are expected to stay sitting around their house all day waiting you know between eight in the morning till 6 p.m at night for someone to show up i mean what is it and and address all of that in the consumer guide you know is it is it fear you know a a misunderstanding about how something works what their expectations are and Yep, I mean almost all of the uh, all of the things that you need in order to create education-based marketing is already rolling around in your head. You just need to pull it out of your head and put it into an organized form and and distribute it. Can and close the most important part of that, though. And I want to make sure that we that we don't gloss over that is that when you're putting together your consumer awareness guide or your education guide or your booklet or any any kind of uh, marketing piece like that, you've got to think about what is the next step that somebody should take and make it easy for them to take that next step because so often, you know, all of this is about um, carefully crafting and engineering the path that somebody's going to take from not you you not knowing who they are, not knowing that they're a prospect for whatever it is that you offer, to using a consumer awareness guide offer and a free recorded message to have them raise their hand and identify themselves to you. And now this next step, sending them your guide and sending them the letter that goes along with it, the only purpose of that is to get them to take the next step. And you've got to carefully engineer that. You've got to know where, what is it that's going to be the easiest thing that somebody can do next. Because so often the mistake that people make when they start doing direct responses, they come up with a great report, they come up with a great headline, and they run a direct response ad and they send out a bunch of reports or consumer awareness guides and then nothing happens. And it's because they did a great job of educating people, but they didn't offer people the next step. They didn't have a crystal clear next step that they wanted somebody to take. So you've, you've got to think like a chess master. You've got to think two or three moves ahead, knowing that the only purpose of that ad is to get them to call and listen to the free recorded message. And the only purpose of the free recorded message is to get them to leave their contact information so that you can send them your consumer awareness guide. And then just like that, the only purpose of that consumer awareness guide is to it's it's a delivery device to send what you promised them, but also to make them an offer that's going to compel them to take that next step. Exactly. Can I can I point something out too? When I was learning this marketing, I used to buy uh, chemicals and equipment from a supplier that was uh, not too far from where I lived. You know, and it was a company in Tempe. And um, so um, at the time, I lived in Chandler, Arizona, when I actually had my carpet cleaning business. But Mesa, Tempe, Chandler, Scottsdale, Phoenix are all kind of all glopped together in the uh, in the Phoenix area. And I was just, you know, had learned direct response and I was using consumer awareness guides and had free recorded messages. And I had not yet become a quote unquote, you know, advisor to the cleaning industry. I was just, you know building my cleaning company and this one company that I bought stuff they uh, you know sold different um, types of you know pre-sprays and you know equipment and carpet wands and carpet groomers and you know things for carpet cleaners Um, and they would send out a catalog every month that is a paper catalog and I said you know I go think about 
the catalog mentality. You know, it's one of the reasons why, you know, the Sears catalog and everything ceased to exist anymore. Um, but basically, there were, remember the days when they used to send, the companies used to send big giant catalogs out to people? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love those things. I love looking at the old ones from the 1800s and stuff. But right, the they, Sears catalogs, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's fantastic. And, um, so what I, what I told this person uh, that ran this company, I said, you know, I go, if, if you could imagine someone having a, a, their attention devoted to many specific things in a catalog. So say, for instance, that a catalog has a hundred items listed in it. And in that catalog, let's say the catalog is, you know, uh, 50 pages and there's two items per page. Well, you, you know, you're, you're, you're literally, so there's a hundred different things that are featured in that catalog. Well, if the person has, you know, a hundred percent of time, then you're literally giving them one percent of their attention per item. I go, but if you really want to increase your sales from catalogs, create, include a cover letter. And on the cover letter, point out a couple of things specifically that you would really be happy if people were to buy. Things that either make you the most money or the most useful for your clients or something that you got extra inventory on that you want to sell more of, you know, because you have all these different things you can, you know, sell in a catalog. And so I, I, I wrote, I literally wrote a cover letter for the guy that was selling me chemicals and equipment in the carpet cleaning industry. And he sent it out with his catalog that he'd been mailing every single month for, you know, at least a year that I'd been buying stuff from him. And he ended up doing an additional $30,000 in business as a result of mailing that catalog with a cover letter highlighting four items that were in there that said, hey, by the way, you may notice in this we've got this particular item that we have featured on special, this thing is what you, you know. And, I mean, it it just, like, dawned on me, like, wow, how how important it is for that. So, to your point, you have a consumer awareness guide. You have an educational booklet that explains your free report or whatever. It it just educates people on how to do business with you, you, uh, your industry. And what specific, there's going to be a cover letter that makes an offer. In the case of carpet cleaners, it's a free room of carpet cleaning and a carpet audit that's coupled with the consumer awareness guide. So they will send out a letter and they will offer, you know, either call a free recorded message, visit a website, you know, here's, I mean, there's, there's many different response mechanisms that are used and can be tested, but pick, you know, there needs to be an offer and there needs to be, a, you know, there needs to be a call to action. And if you just were to put a consumer awareness guide in an envelope and mail it, you don't tell people what to do. Then, you know, you gave them a really valuable, you know, educational piece, and, and it still may result in business, but it certainly is not going to be uh, anywhere near as effective um, if you don't tell them what you would like them to do. Right. Or offer them, you know. That goes back to what we were talking about with the idea of the cookies, you know, of how they say sending them the catalog and saying, you know, if you want anything to eat or drink, there's lots of stuff in the fridge versus offering them the the cookie, you know. Exactly. And those of you that have forgotten that conversation, go back and listen to uh, to Dean explaining the, the cookie analogy. As a matter of fact, uh, I, think, uh, I think it would be cool if there was actually one. these videos, the videos that are uh, on ilovemarketing.com right now. I talk all about the cookies on there, too. Yeah, yeah. So, Dean, in the time we have left, how would you like to, what do you think would be a really good takeaway we could, we could give everyone? Do you, want to, um, do you want to do another round of Yellow Pages Roulette? Yes, I think that would be cool. We need a theme song. How did it and out? now it's time for America's favorite new game show. It's taken the nation by storm. It's Yellow Pages Roulette. Wow, that that was powerful. I, I mean, I don't you're even think I could to, add. You're more. supposed to hum some. I, I know. I'm, I'm tired, man. I got back from Necker Island like late last night, and wah, I'm like, wah, wah. I'm tired. I know it's a rough I'm life. Tired. I just got back from a. Week I, I, I mean, I'm, 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 my brain island. still works, but humming is really it's that's asking a lot right now. All right, can you at least pick a number between 1 and 809? Let's do uh, 424. 424, not that page. I always, I'm always so afraid that we're going to come on the page that there is no 
way that marketing would ever work for. <laughs> and I think we did find it. Insurance. <laughs> uh, we're on insurance? Yeah. Oh, there's plenty marketing, of... Marketing doesn't work for insurance. Oh, well... Should we pick another one? <laughs> marketing definitely works for insurance. <laughs> <laughs> So that's interesting. There's lots of pages of insurance here, but it's interesting that they, uh, the one that I turned on to right here is um, Garland Insurance right here, locally owned and operated. All types of insurance, low down payment, instant quotes, easy monthly payments, auto, home, business, health, life, mobile homes. They do it all. And they're, and they're open Saturdays, 9 to 1. And really? They speak Spanish. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And if someone doesn't, and, and if someone doesn't, you know, read anything but Spanish, that's the only part of the ad they can understand, which will make them immediately go there. Yeah. All right. Uh, so hit me. Let's talk about what wow. would you do to apply the stuff we've been talking about to the insurance business? Well, you know, knowing you, you're gonna you're going to say, well, let's really think through who are your clients. What what is it that you know, you'll, you'll kind of break and it down. Where you, you're going to come up with headlines right away. No, no, of course. I mean, immediately I'd scratch the whole ad and say, warning, before you even think about buying insurance, call this 24-hour free recorded message and listen to, you know, the yeah. how to avoid the three biggest mistakes people make when purchasing insurance. Call now, mm. 24 hours a day, you know, mm. something like that. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at headlines and and that sort of stuff is uh, is where I would typically go. Or you know, visit this website at www. You know, insurance buying mistakes and watch this you know seven minute video that will change the way you think of buying insurance forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that's not specifically a strategy. Uh, well, I mean, uh, a strategy that covers everything. You know, part of it is like, so let's let's. What would be the Dean Jack Dean Jackson methodology for um, thinking about <laughs> well, this? I think that there's something. I mean, we're kind of teasing each other about the the method, but I think <laughs> there's something valuable in in both approaches. I mean, we're talking about uh, you know walking around with our chocolate and peanut butter. Here, but they're really good together. They're all parts of it. And so your your initial thought is you immediately start thinking of copy ideas. And my initial thought is I start thinking about the individual um, target markets. That's what I always start with. So if I were an insurance agent, you know, I'd start looking, you know, what types of insurance do we have here? You got the auto insurance, home, business, health, life, mobile homes. I'm just looking from this one um, ad here. And so, you know, you start thinking, who are the people who are going to buy this? Because underneath um, each of those target markets, there are probably three or four sub-markets to do with that. You know, when you start thinking about, about auto insurance, I start thinking about who are the people who are who are most likely to um, to be buying auto insurance. I mean, it's uh, talk about the difference between selling and marketing a product that no one wants to buy, like carpet cleaning, versus a product that everyone has to buy, like auto insurance. Yes. What do you think the dynamic is? The difference there. I mean, what? What drives that? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's fear, there's requirement, there's the law. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it's interesting because you know when you look at the the drivers for what's going to um, make somebody make a decision about insurance versus uh, one insurance company versus another, you know, what are the potential motivators for that. I mean, so you've got people who are, um, who have a low income that are um, driving older used cars that just want the lowest cost, bare minimum legally required um, insurance 
available. Then you've got on the other end of that spectrum, you've got um, maybe uh, people who have luxury cars and maybe a collection of them who have maybe, you know, three or four luxury cars that they're, they're not so concerned about the lowest cost for their auto insurance, but what they're really concerned about is, is getting that it's going to be, um, easy to, um, get help if they ever need it, if they're ever in an accident or if anything ever goes wrong with the car, uh, that somebody vandalizes it or something, um, that they want to know that it's easy to, to get a claim and that it's going to be covered. Have you seen what's going on right now? Um, I don't know who, this is very interesting right now because there's a series of, of commercials on TV right now um, about mayhem for auto insurance. Have you seen those where no. the guy, oh, so there's a guy like um, it's, he's always personified as mayhem. So they had a one at Christmas where this guy was, you know, there's, they're just painting different situations where a, um, this guy is a Christmas tree and he gets tied up on top of the, uh, on top of the, roof and his the christmas tree falls off the roof and makes another car go off into the bank and and wreck their car and they're they're talking about how some auto insurance policies don't cover you for mayhem like this like me he's saying you know another one is where um the car is in the garage an older garage and it's winter, and all of the snow is piling up on top of the roof of this uh, of this old garage. And he's saying how with every snowflake, it gets heavier and heavier, and the roof gets weaker and weaker. And all of a sudden, the snow final snowfall comes, and it breaks the roof, and it all comes crumbling down on the car. And they're basically saying, "Is your?" Is your insurance covering you for all these things that you might not be covered for? You know, that's that's actually very clever. It is very clever, but the, here's what they're missing. I don't know who those commercials are for. Well, there you go. It's very. I mean, isn't that funny? How they're very clever, and it is well done. But is it? You know, I don't know whether it's um, whether it's Allstate or whether it's uh, State Farm. I mean, certainly, you know, when you look at that as a motivator, when you pick who your audience is, there are people who are conscientious and and are not concerned about getting the lowest price on their insurance. They're concerned about getting the best coverage, the most comprehensive coverage, the least hassle. If anything ever did go wrong, that they're not going to get any surprises. Well, see, like you, for for me as an example, I mean, I it is a bigger motivator for me when it comes to like auto auto insurance as an example to know that I'm going to be with an agent that's got his act together that's going to respond really well than it is lower price because I know for a fact I can get lower price on my insurance and get you know pretty much identical uh, quote unquote coverage, but to me it's it's that's not the number one factor as to why I stay or go to who I who I go to, and um, you know those are the things that people need to overcome. But going to your your example there of not remembering the company, I remember back in you know when when I first started my marketing company a couple couple years into it, um, you know uh, I'd become good friends with Dan Kennedy and. Uh, Dan Kennedy uh, wrote a lot of sales letters and sales copy for me over the first nine years in in my business, and um, you know he he would have his signature speech that he would give when he would speak at marketing events, and he would survey the audience uh, in in these big stadium events uh, about what is the um, you know the the battery with the the, the pink bunny and the drum. And he would ask people to raise their hand if they, you know, he would ask them to write it down or think of the name of the company. And 30% of the people would say Duracell. 
you know, he'd say Duracell, and like a third of the room, you know, would would raise their hand that Duracell batteries, and he would then follow up and say that EverReady Energizer spent a billion dollars to get people to remember a pink bunny and a drum, so you can go out and buy the wrong damn battery. And the point is, is if you're going out and educating people or planting the seed about these uh, episodes of how the roof is going to cave in and damage your car, if you don't make it real clear to call you or specifically what is the call to action for them to, you know, do business with you, to, to know who you are, what you're doing is a great public service for things for people to think about, but you may be, you know, you may be fueling, you're, you're, you're just helping your competitors by you know, doing that sort of marketing without making sure you're the you're known. Mm-hmm. And you know, but you know, picking a single message and really going with it like that is is pretty powerful. I mean, they're not trying to get all of it into one commercial. You know, yeah, I, yeah. the people who've probably done the very um, best and stuck to their guns are, is Geico. Right with you know one phone call, fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent on your car insurance. That yep. whole message has built that company over you know years and years and years that they're you know they stick right to it. Now um, that's a that's an excellent strategy too. When you if you can accommodate that audience, if you can accommodate the ones who um, who want to get the lowest price, then it's a, you know, it's a great, it's a great position to have if you can organize your whole company around it, which is exactly what, what Geico has done. You know, they have inbound, um, inbound telemarketing. That's how that works. So, well, yeah, and also, you know, cost and, and system. Say that again. It's a lower cost system to operate than the, you know, a local agent who's got their office here and, and you get their phone number and you know them by name. And, you know, that's, that's who, um, that's what, uh, that's what State Farm is all about, right? Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And you see those, those commercials now, it's like anything goes wrong and all you have to do is, you know, sing the song and they're right there. All you have to do is call your State Farm agent and they're right there on the spot for you. And that's what you were saying, that your your idea is you want to have the confidence that whoever, if anything goes wrong, you're, uh, there, there's going to be somebody that you can call right there, you know. Do not have a number and have to go through this whole claim. No, no, exactly. And you know, the thing I'll say about Geico too, you know, as an example, is you, you can, you, you'd be well served uh, to watch your junk mail and where you're getting pitches from certain companies over and over again. I mean, it was way more relevant, you know, 10 years ago when there was a lot more junk mail. But today, you know, Geico, they do a great, you know, job with, you know, consistent direct mail follow-up. And rest assured, they absolutely know their numbers. They know that stuff works, which is why, you know, if you keep getting mail from companies that are trying to sell you stuff, it doesn't mean they can't do a better job of targeting and be more specific. But the point is, they wouldn't keep mailing it to you if it wasn't working and the numbers weren't working for them. So whenever right. you get a sales pitch or you see an ad running over and over and over again, you you might want to look at it as as you know swipe. I mean, what are they actually doing? What is making it work? Because some of the you know some of the best marketing can be learned just by seeing what your is repeated on a frequent basis over and over again. I mean, I I never look at junk mail as junk. I look at it sometimes as the best examples of of advertising that are being personally delivered to me for free for me to really I know, be aware. Yeah, isn't it great? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's awesome. I mean, yeah. you know, and I think people, for no other reason, you should get on direct mail list, even if you get a PO box if you don't want it coming to your house. I mean, get yeah. yourself on the direct mail list so you can actually see what companies are doing a good job of, you know, doing direct mail and following up and where you're getting pitches over and over again. I remember uh, finally, I you know, I bought, I bought a Tempur Pedic mattress, uh, you know, a few years ago, it. and uh, I mean, and. Man, I I just got hammered with every pitch under the sun, and I collected um, you know these Tempur-Pedic uh, mailing pieces, 
And to this day, I still get them. But it's like I have at least nine years worth of Tempur-Pedic direct mail campaigns and pitches. And when I first inquired, they were sending me uh, a multi-sequence campaign literally almost every 10 days. I mean, it was crazy. But, you know, I mean, when you're selling a multi... That's why I hate to leave the house now because of my Tempur-Pedic bed. I hate to leave the house because of my Tempur-Pedic bed. I mean, I've got them. <laughs> do, you, do you really have one here? Huh? Do you really have one here? You're just trying to be funny. No, I have two. I have one. I have one here. We got the Tempur-Pedic uh, celebrity, and so ah. I've got one here in Florida, and I've got one in Canada, and uh, even have one in the. You slept on one at my house a couple of weeks right. ago, right here in even the guest room. I didn't, I didn't realize that was a Tempur-Pedic. Yeah. That's how brain dead. I wasn't even, uh, you know, here's what's funny about doing this podcast with you. I mean, we've known each other again for over like 15 years or something. And, um, you know, I just, now I know what kind of mattresses you have. I mean, I think we're going to basically learn everything that you could ever know about another human being by talking about marketing and selling. That's true. It's ridiculous. And what we fall prey to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what works on us, exactly. <laughs> so, so here's here's what I think we because I think we're almost at time, right? Yeah, we are. Yep. All right. So, well, then here's the deal. Uh, everyone that's been listening, you know, I think would be a if you haven't done it already, if you haven't put together a consumer awareness guide or a free report, start even if it means just getting one page of. An, valuable information that you can share with prospects about your business. Just start it. Uh, there's an interesting book called, you know, One, uh, One Small Step. And it's it's about the Kaizen method where, you know, tiny, small improvements. And one of the things uh, that they talk about uh, that, that actually was, was a real example is a person that, you know, would not, you know, use the treadmill. They wouldn't exercise, but they had a treadmill. So this you know, person had instructed them to spend, um, you know, one minute, uh, standing on the treadmill. Don't, don't walk on the treadmill. Don't run on the treadmill. Just when you wake up, literally go there with a timer and stand on it for one minute and just do that for one minute for an entire week. And what ends up happening is if you're standing on it, you start walking. Okay. You just start doing it. And the same thing with any of these marketing strategies. Uh, yeah, I have a friend named Stephen Pressfield who wrote the a book, The Legend of Bagger Vance. They made a movie about it. He wrote another book called The War of Art. I mean, all his books are fantastic. But he wrote a book called The War of Art uh, for, for about resistance. And Seth Godin loved that book. And, you know, Seth Godin learned a lot from him. And you'll see Seth write about resistance uh, in a lot of his blog posts and stuff. But basically, um, you know, he says the... The hardest thing for a writer is not the writing, it's the sitting down to write that's the hard part. And so, you know, just taking that first step and just sitting down and doing it, uh, we'd love to have you do that with, uh, with our podcast is, you know, whatever idea, even if you just get one, you know, idea from, you know, each podcast that you could just do something tiny with, when you add this up, you know, over a period of time, I mean, you're going to have a lot of really great, you know, marketing uh, methods and tactics and strategies and campaigns that will grow out of just taking one small step. So that's that's mm-hmm. kind of what I wanted to say. And, you know, that really, the, the biggest obstacle that people have is often getting themselves to focus. And that's why one of the very first things that we put on the ilovemarketing.com website is the video of the 50-minute focus finder of how to get yourself to focus on something for one period of time. And that might be the that might be a great place for people to start is if you can't get yourself to start, block off 50 minutes and watch that focus finder video and just get in the habit of creating the space for you to implement the ideas that you have. Yep, exactly. Because, you know, when you, when you, yeah, great advice. If you haven't watched uh, that video, go to the ilovemarketing.com site and watch that video. And it's also something that I watch that video on a, you know, pretty frequent basis. I mean, I, that, that's one, 
video, Dean. Uh, it's all Dean. It's Dean sharing the best 50 minutes I've ever seen in my life uh, for eliminating overwhelm and how to prioritize and stuff. I've probably watched that video, you know, 10 times. Uh, it's it's fantastic. And yeah. it takes a lot for me to watch something even more than once. So um, <laughs> I, I'd, I'd recommend that, especially an ADD person uh, like myself. But uh, you will love marketing once you make money from it. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, that's that's why we, we love marketing so much is because marketing does what other forms of learning don't do is, 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 is uh, all the time and as easily as it puts money in your pocket. And That's absolutely true. You know, I mean, you know, there's right. a lot of stuff you can learn. You can listen to a lot of different podcasts right now, and I'm sure that some of them will be, Maybe more entertaining than this one, but uh, this one, if you use the advice, will put money in your pocket, and that's why we're doing it. Awesome. Well, welcome back. Thank you. Have a good week. You we'll too, and, and we will talk to everyone next time. Please leave us your comments, and have a wonderful week. Bye-bye.